you know the vibes. Welcome back to another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast brought to you by NBA 2K24. BJ's in a good mood today. He's got high spirits. How are you, BJ? <laughs> I'm doing great. Real name, no gimmicks. <laughs> And our relationship continues to grow. Just, oh, man. Uh, you know the you're an amazing person. You're a you are an, an amazing person. I appreciate that, and the feeling is mutual, my brother. Me and BJ have just been having a great conversation about how much we appreciate you guys who tune into the show. Yesterday we answered a bunch of your questions. Today we're going to answer a bunch more because the questions kept coming in. So salute to everyone who's in the Discord community. You can join it by hitting the link in the description of this show. BJ, you ready? You ready? What did you call it in season one? You called it Hoopology. Class yes. is now in session. Yes. Class is now in session. Let's Ooh. get it. Professor Armstrong, Andy Williams says, oh, and this is how you know Andy's a real, real dedicated listener to this show. Okay, okay. He says, BJ, what will one plus one equal this year? 13. <laughs> and there you have it, folks. If you don't understand the reference to that question... <laughs> You should have been listening to this podcast since day one. But if not, BJ, can you explain the context around that question? Well, well, I'll let you explain it. Well, you, 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 you are, it's, it's, it's kind of your world. You know, I'm just here. <laughs> it's, it's your world. I'm just, you're kind enough to let me in it. So go ahead. Well, you explain. Well, well, this is actually a story from BJ Armstrong's life. Um, and, and it's actually in my notes here. Because I have a list of quotes that stay with me. Oh, okay. And um, a young BJ Armstrong came to the NBA. Oh, wow. he was he was talking to an NBA coach. Yes. And uh, the coach was telling him that this league is complete and utter chaos. And he said, "BJ, yes. what's two plus two? And BJ said, four. And the coach said, "No, you're wrong. If uh, two plus two equals anything uh, equals four, then you're not going to be successful in this league. It has to equal anything but four. So whether it's two plus two, one plus one, whatever it is, in this league, the NBA is never the answer you're thinking of. Did I tell it correctly? Boy, you, you, hey, as you said, you nailed it. That's that is the NBA in a nutshell. It's it's total chaos. You're dealing with, you know, not just the sports aspect of it. You're dealing with people. And where there's people, there are going to be problems. And you have to deal with that and be prepared to deal with that on the fly, whatever comes your way. So if you're going to be successful up here, you have to understand the mathematics of the situation. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Well, well, speaking of chaos and dysfunction, uh, Austin Reeves was projected to make a leap for the Lakers this season. He went to okay. the World Cup. And Stuart wants to know what's happened to Austin Reeves this season. Surely the clock hasn't struck midnight. Now, if you look at his performances, BJ, in the regular season, he's yet to score more than 15 points in a game. Okay. His three-point shooting has been horrendous. He's failed to make more than one three-pointer in a single game that he's played in. He's averaging okay. what less than 20%, I believe. Um, his field goal percentage has been not great, uh, less than ideal as well. His most recent game, he got seven assists, but before that, his passing wasn't too on point. Um, and defensively, he wasn't quite the same. So what's happened to Austin Reeves other than he's now on everyone's radar and on everyone's scouting report because of what he did last season? Well, I, I think this year... You know, every year is a new year, Mo, as you, as you, you know, you, you hear me say this. Yes. And what he did last year was a different team. What he did last year, the situation fit his skill set. 
And he had a different role than he did a year ago. And, you know, Mo, you know, no one ever talks about this, but people in this league who play in this league, you, you begin to reflect on this as you get older. It's easier. When I say easier, better players are the starters in this league. Yes. Than the guys coming off the bench. Now, Austin Reeves now is playing predominantly the minutes that he's playing, which probably are right around the same as he did a year ago. But now he's doing against starters. The starters in this league are different than the guys coming off the bench. And what you're seeing now, Mo, is when you become a starter, a full-time starter in this league, suddenly you have to stop playing and you have to actually carry out a game plan because you are the front line in executing that game plan. Where when you come off the bench, you just try to integrate yourself into the game as quickly as you can. Most of the time, that's, that's from scoring. If you're a defensive player, you try to rim protect or defend or what have you. So what you're seeing with Austin Reeves now is suddenly now he has responsibility that he didn't have a year ago. Now he has to run the team. Now he has to make sure that AD gets his shots. Now he has to make sure that LeBron gets his shots. And by the way, D'Angelo Russell. And so where a year ago, he didn't have to carry out that responsibility or that game plan on a night-to-night basis. And by the way, he's got to guard the other team's probably best offensive player. And by the way... The, the Laker perimeter. fans no longer have Russell Westbrook to use as a scapegoat every time something goes yeah, wrong, yeah, like they did absolutely, last year. Absolutely. So you know, you know, last year I think it was Russell and and Schroeder, uh, Schroeder or Russell and Patrick Beverly were the starters, and then you know Austin Reeves came off the bench. So now it's a little different. So it's going to take a little time for him to adjust, which is expected. But more importantly, his job is really really difficult, much more difficult than it was a year ago because he's playing against the frontline players, having to guard those players, having to carry out the responsibility. And by the way, he still wants to put up, you know, good numbers himself. So, you know, I, I understand it. And, uh, you know, as you always say, be careful what you ask for. You might get it. And now he's sitting in that, now he's sitting in that seat and now he sees how difficult it is to have to carry out that responsibility. And that's why some of these guys make it look easy, but it's it's really very difficult. Oh, Josh Mbassi says, is the new Clippers team the best four players to ever play on a team together? Uh, the answer is no. <laughs> no. If, if they were all in their primes, the answer would still probably be no. Um, uh, probably. The answer is no. Come on. Like, yeah. come on. Yeah. Um, but speaking of the Clippers, 21K Wakes has raised an interesting point we didn't discuss. Um, do you think the Clippers have played a blinder in the trade, especially when it comes to the new rules regarding resting players? Harden, Leonard, George, and Westbrook all fit under the new criteria for All-Star games. So the the uh, Clippers making this trade, they now can afford to rest two of their four stars in any given game. And given their health issues, do you think that this is a double? You know, I, I watched the the Lakers and the Clippers last night. And the Clippers started out, they were terrific. I mean, in particular, Kawhi Leonard was like, wow. I mean, Kawhi Leonard had, I don't know what he finished with, but he had a big game last night. But they lost. I think he had 38. Yeah, but the Lakers came back, won the game in overtime. And Paul found George fouled out early in that overtime. Yes, yes. And, and, I, and I was thinking, I was like, you know what? The Lakers, 
you know, they've lost like 10 or 11 games in a row or something like that against the Clippers over the last, you know, two or three years. I don't, I don't think they beat the Lakers in the last two or three years. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's going on with the Clippers. I'm not sure. Like, you know, they have these lineups where it's like four guards and then Zubach. And then they had four guards and then PJ Tucker. Well, that's he's really the size of a guard. <laughs> so I I don't know. I, I don't know how this is going to work. It sounds good. They're big names, obviously, all-stars, MVPs, defensive player of the year, da-da-da. But there's a thing called chemistry. And I'm not sure how this is going to work, Mo. I don't know how this is going to work offensively, defensively, chemistry-wise, cohesiveness. I don't know. But it's going to be fascinating, and uh, we'll see how it plays out. I mean, James Harden had he had all the chains on. He had all the jury on. I don't know, Mo. I just don't know how this is going to play out in the end. But they have the names it sounds good. The Clipper Clipper Nation is fired up about it, but we'll see how it turns out. AG wants to know, is Cam Thomas the greatest player the NBA has ever seen? Because he started the season putting up 36, then 30, then 33, all at around 60% shooting as well. Um, but then the answer is already here. In game number four, he followed up with 13 points, uh, going four <laughs> of 19 from the field. And we saw him do this last season. He had a hot right. streak where he absolutely balled out, and then he was banished to the bench. Um, defensively, he's got a lot to work on. We all know he can mm-hmm. score the basketball. Even Kevin Durant said that in his time there. Uh, I don't think we need to go into that too much, but 11CJR has asked, if the Brooklyn Nets find a way to trade Nick Claxton for Carl Anthony Towns, will this put them in title contentions? Because they'll have a five who can space the floor and actually play alongside Ben Simmons. So you'd have Ben Simmons, Cam Thomas, Cam Johnson, Mikael Bridges, and Carl Anthony Towns. Would that could be good enough for a championship? I'm gonna say no. Yeah, I don't. I still don't think that's a better team than than Boston. I don't think. Well, well, you can't say last night. I mean, the Milwaukee Bucks they looked awful last night versus the Raptors. I still think those are the two best teams. I don't think that's a better team than those two. However, but I but however, it's an interesting team. It's an interesting connection. But I don't think they, I don't think they've surpassed those two uh, teams in particular. I I think having Cam Thomas and Carl Anthony Towns on a team together is just too much of a defensive liability. I'll just simply involve them in a screen roll action every time and cook them, and then on the other end, I'll just foul Ben Simmons and make him shoot free throws. So in the playoffs, I I just wouldn't see that team holding up. <laughs> If I'm going to be honest, basketball um, by Mo. <laughs> it, 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 it's just the Brooklyn Nets by Mo. It's just not basketball. It's just that unique team. If they get cat, cat uh, looked great against the Denver Nuggets. Um, but we'll see how the season goes. But speaking of cat, Harry Bridge. Now, BJ, you're going to love this question because this question okay. involves. If if I had a soundboard that had BJ Armstrong's favorite phrases like roster construction. Real name, okay. no gimmicks. So it would have this this phrase. Wait for it. Okay. He says, do you think that a two bigs approach, e.g. Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert, can play, are you ready? A blended brand of basketball in the oh, current I, NBA. I, I, no, I, I don't. I, I, I don't. I, I've watched these guys now enough to say, I, I think it's going to be tough in today's game. And the reason being is because you can't have the proper floor balance with both of those guys on the floor, because neither one of them 
is what I would consider a low post threat. Mm -hmm. So there's always, they're always out of balance due to the way they have to play with them, right? You have to put Rudy, basically, he's relegated to just playing on the weak side of the floor. Yep. And Carl Anthony Towns, yeah. And and Carl Anthony Towns can't. He just wants to be on the perimeter unless it's yeah, a mismatch. He can't consistently go to the post smaller. and secure the low post area with the proper spacing to pass him the ball on a consistent basis. So with that, they're always out of space, which is going to hurt them in transition defense, which is going to give them difficult angles to make shots, get passes, set screens, so forth and so on. So it's just limited what you can do. So I don't think you can have the execution of having – an open court sometime or screen roll sometime or going to the post and doing those things. So I think it makes it very difficult playing both of those guys together. And you can see, you could see the difficulty when you watch them play sometime, they have difficult They're as they have elite offensive players. I think Carl Anthony Towns is a, is a terrific offensive player. Of course, Ant-Man is a terrific, you know, he's just a phenomenal offensive player. But you could see the difficulty that they have where stretches during the course of the game where they just can't score or get the rhythm that's necessary to play consistently on the offensive end. I think the two bigs approach can work in the NBA. We've seen yes, it work I, over I, and over I, yes. again. I just think these two specific guys cannot work together. Yes. Um, no matter yes. what happens at the other three positions, those two cause too many issues. Mandar has a question. He wants to know, is the window for the Golden State Warriors still open to win a championship. Clay and Draymond are clearly not the same players they used to be. Is that it for Steph's legacy, or do you think they have one more chip in them? Now, personally, I will never, ever count out Golden State because I've seen it up close. When that man Steph Curry gets cooking, ain't no one stopping him. But BJ, what do you think? Is it realistic for Golden State fans to think that this team has one more run in them? Well, you know, okay, let, let's just be pragmatic about this their window it's not closed but it's mo there's a it's cracked now mm-hmm. it's it, it used to be every year you knew they were going to be there they were going to be competing the rest of the league has caught up to their style of play the rest of the league now are probably just as good or better than them at playing small ball okay the rest of the league probably plays faster than what they traditionally play. Steph Curry and, and, and crew, they are aging. That's a fact. However, they, they still compete. So give them credit. Every night they compete. Last night, you can see Clay Thompson makes a big shot to win the game against the Sacramento Kings, who are trying to, you know, they're they're trying to achieve what Golden State achieved. They're trying to move up to the next step. However, Golden State keeps <laughs> competing and just seems like they beat them every time they play them. Okay. I'm not going to count them out, but Mo, I'm going to say it's slim. It's really, their window of opportunity is very slim and their room for error, Mo, is probably at its, it's at the, probably the least it's been. I mean, Mo, they have, one thing doesn't go right for them the wheels could easily fall off mm-hmm. this season. Well, before they had such a wide range, you know, to play and 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 they could yeah. lose five games or 10 games and still recover from that. 
Now, Mo, everything has to go right. Yeah, everything has to think- go right. And that's that's just age. So those guys, I think their minds are still there. I still think they have the will to win, the know-how. Clearly, they have that. But Mo, Father Time, just it's undefeated. And mm-hmm. at some point, Mo, you know, you're going to have to, you know, age is going to catch up with these guys. However, they seem to be ageless. Because they keep showing up and keep playing and keep yep. winning. This is what is I was going to say. Like Chris Paul looks like he's settled into his role a little bit more now. Um, and if their whole squad can be healthy for the playoffs, I would never count them out. But do I trust in Chris Paul being healthy for the playoffs? Do I trust in Clay Thompson playing 82 games and being healthy? Even Draymond Green, Stephen Curry, there's no guarantees that those guys will be there as well. Obviously, it's the same with every team, but the older they get, the higher the risk. So I wouldn't say the window is shut. I think if things fall their way, they could they could easily make it to the Western Conference Finals, maybe even the NBA Finals. But there is a big Serbian man in Denver who's going to be standing in their way. And given that their tallest player is six foot eleven, as great as Kavon Looney can be on the boards and whatnot, I just think that's a very tough task for them to do. But speaking of some of the greatest teams we've ever seen, uh, James Lanigan says, "Mo, after watching the Celtics opening four games, has your view on them changed?" Oh, yes, Mo. Yes, let me hear this. Mm. Now, the Celtics have been putting up some crazy, crazy. They put up 155 points last oh, night wow. against the Pacers. Wow. Right? Wow. Yep. So let's look at their games. They beat the Knicks by four points. Okay. They beat the Heat by eight points. Okay. The Heat, by the way, who would be 0 5 if it wasn't for a one point victory against the Pistons. Um, okay. They beat the Wizards. Uh, 126 to 107, and then they beat the Pacers. So the Celtics absolutely destroying a couple of bad teams and then close wins over the Knicks and Heat, who they should beat anyway, has not changed my mind on them whatsoever. What I do love, though, is their shots now aren't just purely all three-pointers. We're seeing more post-ups. We're seeing a little bit of mid-range. We're seeing more versatility in their offense. I'm impressed with Paul Zingas' passing. You know, he had a couple great plays with Jalen Brown last night. Their two-man game was really flowing. They were looking really in sync. But my reservations will remain. I mean, they're playing against the Sixers next week. So let's see how they deal with uh, Mr. Embiid. And then when they get to playing against some of the other competing teams, you know, the top four, top six teams in the NBA, mm-hmm. that'll be the first true test. Um, mm-hmm. But they can go out and destroy whichever playing level teams they want. Mm-hmm. and I won't be moved because my concern has never been about the regular season. I've always maintained they're going to be a top two seed in the regular season. My question is when you get to the playoffs and you find yourself having to try and stop Giannis and Al Horford is 37 years old and Kristaps Porzingis has got his injury history, how are you going to do that? That's mm-hmm. my concern. Okay. So okay. I won't be able to judge the Celtics until the playoffs come around because anything less than a top two seed would be a major disappointment this season. But I do like what I've seen. I mean, I can't be mad about it. But um, my my judgment is reserved until then. How about yourself, PJ? Well, you know, I, I love teams that that do what they're supposed to do. Meaning, if you're a better team, for the most part, you should take care of your business. And I'm going to give the Celtics credit. However, we saw that last year with the Celtics. I mean, they got off to a phenomenal start. And they're, they are notorious, especially their best player, for having for being slow a slow starts, starter. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they have a different look. Porzingis gives them a different vibe with the team, especially because he 
gives them space. They're bringing Al Horford off the bench. So you got to give the other teams in the league, the rest of the league, an opportunity to catch up and say, oh, this is how we have to play these guys. We This is how we have to match up with these guys. And normally that takes a little time. So we'll see. But overall, especially early in the season, it looks like a great move. Porzingis has fit in seamlessly. I mean, offensively, Mo, he's really good. You have to, you have to say that. Yeah. He's really good what he's doing. And you have to and like defensively, he's been impressive as well. And I like the fact what they're doing with Al Horford, bringing him off the bench, keeping him as fresh as they possibly can at his age. And they've been playing well. So give them credit. You know, we 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 know the 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 concerns of the team last year, especially with a new coach a year ago. That was his first year. He was thrust into that situation. We know there were some bumps and bruises and some bumps in the roads, but it seems like they've adjusted that. They've gotten help for the coach. They've adjusted their team. Uh, they traded away your your favorite player, Marcus Smart, and it mm. seems to be working early in the season. So we'll see. Well, the one I don't thing as get... well, though, the, the one thing as well, though, their bench has been horrifically bad, with the exception of last night against the Pacers. Um, their bench has been severely lacking. That is another concern I have of bench scoring, bench depth. That's yes. a major concern, especially throughout so, an 82-game schedule. So, you know, but I, I think overall, I think overall this is a team as long as Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are leading this group, they're always going to have a chance. Now it's going to be the rest of the roster to step up, fill in the gaps and be able to provide the support that's necessary because those two, I mean, those are, those guys are all-stars. They're, they're, they are now all-stars. Jason Tatum is an MVP candidate. He's an elite player, first team, all NBA player. So they'll, they will always be, to me, in the top, upper top or upper tier of the conference, it's just a matter of can the other guys, along with their staff, come together and have one of those runs. And I think they're capable this year. At least they look like that early on. Well, the final question we have here this week is from Nat, who's a huge Chicago Bulls fans, and oh. he wants to get an insight from you, BJ, about the Breakfast Club. No. Now, okay. if you guys don't know, the Breakfast Club was a little group Michael Jordan put together where they would train before practice early in the morning. Was it 6 a.m.? Mm-hmm. Um, BJ, were you part of this Breakfast Club? What was that like? Well, you, you know, I didn't even know it was a club. It's just. Well, no, that's it just was, how it's that's just how it's branded yeah, now it, by Jordan. Yeah, it's brand. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yes. It wasn't well, a club like you have well, to get a well, membership sticker, but yeah, that's what they call was... it now because we have. um we had um, a basketball camp where we hosted a mm-hmm. breakfast club and we had the best young prospects turn up at 6 a.m. in the gym and put through their paces. So now that's what it's become. But well, take yeah. us inside. Well, what what it became was the culture that we kind of created within. Like, let's get our work done. And we were all committed to this. You know, Mo, you know, you know what the breakfast club really was? It was just a unity of thought. It was like, hey, Mo, um, what's our goal for the season? Well, we want to win a championship. Okay. Well, how are we going to do it? Well, we're all going to commit ourselves. Okay, great. And then we one, two, three, championship. Okay, you can say that. Well, we just took it a step further. We all like had a unity of thought, and we all put our words and our actions and our behavior was always displaying this unity of thought. Like, 
we are going to train every day. Check. We're going to commit ourselves to, you know, eating pr properly. Check. <laughs> and then we're going to actually give our best every day. Check. I mean, it, it, it was it was nothing more than that. Like you you committed yourself and then we all had a culture where. Well, maybe, you know, like well, we've all been in rooms where everyone says what they're going to do, but how many people are actually going to do it? We actually did it every single day. And I don't was, know if it was what, a big what was deal. The, what was the vibe like? Was it like a relaxed, everyone's having fun? Or was it like everyone's super locked in every day? You, you just like, like, Mo, like they call it professional sports for a reason. Like, here's the fun. The fun is. Winning. We have a goal. <laughs> the fun <laughs> I mean, is winning. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I've never had like like Mo like you and I, for instance. My wife just asked me the other day. She was like, "You guys are crazy, you and Mo." She goes, "You guys do that podcast every day." <laughs> and I don't look at it that way. I look at it as Mo and I are committed. To doing our best every single day. We can't let the people down. Okay. If you're committed to something, I don't know if it's fun, but I what I do know is that it requires you and I to have a unity of thought. Like every day we figure out a time to between between <laughs> the furthest time zone possible in America. Yeah, that's what UK. I'm saying. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. We figure it out. Like, so I don't know if it's fun. I, I, I think it's fun because we're committed to doing this and we're responsible to having this culture where we're saying we're going to give the very best show every day. So, yeah. And, and that's you know, but, to, to yourself you know, well, because yeah. some days if I'm in meetings and stuff all day and it's like, okay, cool. We're going to have to take this at 11 PM LA time. We're going to do that. Or we're going to have to, yeah. and, and that's what five, 6 AM UK yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or we're going to tape it in the middle of the day because yeah. you've got a meeting or something you've got to get to a game. Right. So, it's all about finding a way. You find a way. And, 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 a way. If there's one word mode that comes to mind to answer the question, very simply, it's discipline. Mm. We had the discipline to go for it. You know what I mean, Mo? Like, yeah. And I think we all would have lived with, you know, we all would have lived with the results of what happened. But we try with the process to give ourselves the very best chance to get the results we were looking for. Now, that's what I would say. So it was just discipline. Like every day, we you have the discipline to do it. Now, oh, you win some, you lose some. I can deal with that. But we went through the process. So I appreciate those guys because I remember how difficult that was every single day. It wasn't like every single day. I was like, oh yeah, let's go. <laughs> I know, like there were some tough days in there. And then you saw a teammate come in and then the other day, you may be the guy who's inspiring the group. So th that was that that was always tough. So that, that that's a great question. Now, fantastic. Always love the questions that come in from our listeners. Love the Discord community we put going on where, where the, the fellas talk hoops and, and the ladies too, um, and everyone involved. They all uh, talk basketball 24-7. Um, that does bring up one question I have for the listeners, because if you're still listening here at the end of the show, you clearly enjoy the show. Um, do you guys like the roundups of the night's action before or do you prefer just answering questions like this and general nba topics i'd love to hear some feedback from you let me know discord social media whatever 
let me know what you guys like hearing because this show is nothing but for the people that's why we do this is for you guys who listen and we want to make it the best show possible so let us know your feedback on what you love hearing from this podcast and we can continue to improve it every day because well the season's what two weeks in now bj and we're not slowing down because <laughs> mo we got to give the people what they want every single time we'll be back on monday uh will we have a special guest joining us on monday's episode bj yes we will okay so you guys stay tuned subscribe youtube spotify apple you know what to do and most importantly get buckets